Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. In this series titled The Anointing and the Anointed, Pastor Bonnie Bahati teaches us on what it means to believe in his prophets. Download and listen in and believe in God's prophets. Beautiful. So today, uh, we're going to look at what it means, what it means to believe his prophets, what it means to believe his prophets. Second Chronicles chapter 20 from verse 15. Second Chronicles chapter 20 from verse 15. Now I want you to help me read. One, two, three. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you king <laughs> that says the Lord do not be afraid not dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but God's <laughs> tomorrow go down against them they will surely come up by the ascent of this and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerusalem <laughs> and you will not Everybody should read one, two, three. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Mm -hmm. Verse 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his face head. And all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. Verse 19. Then the Levites. With voices. Verse 20 and the last one. Bitterness of Tekor. So they arose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. So the children of Israel were faced with a very hard task ahead of them. They were under siege. And the siege was that they were being attacked by foreign nations. And the nations wanted to invade them. And Israel, being the chosen of God, decided to pray and ask, the, ask, ask God to come in and help them. So God spoke through a prophet and he told them, go and meet your enemies. But in this battle, you will not need to fight. Because the Lord will fight for you. Then they prepared and went for battle the following day. And the Bible records King Jehoshaphat was just one of the people in Israel stood up and said, my fellow people or my fellow Israelites, I want you to know one thing. 
believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. And also, believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. So that's a very important statement right there. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. So what does it mean to believe in his prophets? A lot of people have this saying, I don't know whether you guys have heard of it, that me, I believe in God. I don't believe in men. Have you heard that statement? My work is to believe in God. I don't believe in men. It's true. You need, we, all, we all need to believe in God. However, that, that statement is half truth and half lie. Because God himself has, has instructed us, which I'll show you from the Old and the New Testament, to not only believe in God, but also to believe in his prophets. You see, when you say you only believe in God and you don't believe in his prophets, it's like saying you only need your lungs, you don't need your nose. Which among the two is important, the nose or the lungs? Both of them are important, right? You need both your nose and your lungs. Your lungs can't function without your nose. And your nose can't function without your... So God has put it in a way that when he communicates to us, he chooses to communicate to us through prophets. So it will be crazy for you to say that I don't believe in prophets, I only believe in God. You will deny yourself an aspect of God that he chooses to use to communicate through his prophets. Not to say God does not speak to you. God speaks to you because you have the Holy Spirit. But you see, you cannot dictate and you cannot put God in a box and tell him, I want you to speak to me in this particular way. Only. Me, I'll only respond to you if you speak to me through the Holy Spirit, direct to me. You can't tell God that, right? Because God decides, he's sovereign. He decides which way to communicate. And through the scripture, you've seen a pattern of God. He communicates through his prophets. So this statement, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established and believe in his prophets is a very important statement in the life of a believer. Because this beautiful scripture teaches us that it is important for us to believe in the prophet that God has sent to us. And also, it is important to believe in God. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is difficult to believe in God without believing in his prophets. It is difficult. Because, if anything, the Bible says, how will they hear if there's no preacher? How will they hear if there's no preacher? So how will you believe God if you've never heard there is a God? So it's very difficult to start an ambiguous saying and start saying you only believe in God and you don't believe in his prophets. You'll be adulterating the word of God. And you'll be slicing it to only take what you like and not taking the whole meal. And when it comes to the word of God, you have to take it wholesome. Tell nobody you have to take the word of God wholesomely. You can't take bits. If you're going to believe the Bible, believe the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. You can't believe portions of scriptures. Tell nobody from today, teach yourself 
to believe the Bible wholesomely. So, indeed, believing in God without believing in his prophets will not get you very far. Because as I have said, it is difficult to believe in God without believing in his prophets. So God has mysteriously linked your surging forward, your advancement, your pushing forward in life to your ability to believe in his prophets. Now, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. In Hebrew, established is a man. Tell about a man. To be established is a man. Tell about a man. Now, let me show you something. Just give me a moment. Is that okay? So the word a man means to nurture. I spoke about this last week, but I want to go back to it. The word a man means to do what? To nurture. It also means to foster as a parent. It means to build up and to nurse. So God nurtures us. He nurses us. He fosters us as a parent does. So when the Bible says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established, which means you will be nurtured, you will be nursed, you will be taken care of. Here, God takes the role, in quote, of a mother, and he nurtures you. He takes care of you. He fosters you. He grounds you. He plants you. The Bible says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So what God is doing in this place is planting you. He's fostering you. He's nurturing you. That is one side of God. Then there's another side of God where now God introduces you to his prophets. And the work of the prophets, when the Bible says believe in his prophets and you shall prosper, the word prosper is chalak. Chalak is Hebrew to mean to surge forward. Tell about to surge forward. I can't tell you. Tell me about to surge forward. To push forward, to go over, to come mightily, and to break out. So God, after he has nurtured you, he has planted you, he now introduces you to another dimension of himself, which now gives you the ability to go over, to come out mightily, to surge forward, and to do well. And you and I know, in Africa, if the Lord does not help you, it's over does not help you is over if the Lord does not come through for you you will not even be in school if you wait for the government to help you you will wait for a long time some of you up to now you're still waiting for the government look when Jubilee government came into power in 2013 right one of the things they promised us is laptops for our children they are finishing their 10 years in August do you have the laptops does your brother at home have the laptop they are still, and right now they are giving more promises that when I come in, it's bottom up and 6,000 per month. 6,000. Can you imagine all jobless people will be receiving 6,000? But the same people were unable to give us what they promised in 2013. So here, if you believe, if you wait on the government, your salvation will not come. The government will not help you. They told us they'll have, we'll have free hospital, NHIF. Right now the thing is almost collapsing. So if the Lord does not give you health, you will die at Kenyatta National Hospital. They told us we'll have state-of-the-art stadiums. Where are they? Have you seen one? So the truth is, where, where you were born and where you are, if Jehovah does not help you, 
He does not push you forward. He does not make you excel. The truth of the matter is you might remain where you are for a long time. Unless a supernatural help comes from above. God sends you help from above. You can bet my bottom shilling. You will not succeed. You will not do well. Even to find food to eat will be a problem. You know where you live. You have to jump as oh, oh. You have to jump as siwa to get into your house. You know where you live. You live in one room that has no window. When someone enters your house, they think it's a shrine. <laughs> you hang your clothes all around your house. People might think it's a, it's a boutique. So you can see, for you to surge forward and to leave the place you are in, you cannot rely on human help. You can't rely on human help because human help is free. Human help is limited. Human help will fail you. So God introduces you to him. He says, believe in me. I'll nurture you. I'll foster you. I'll take care of you. Then I will introduce you to another aspect of me that will now push you forward, that will cause you to come in mightily. I see the Lord sending you help from above. You shall march forward. You will do well in Jesus' name. Yes. You will not remain where you are. Tell your neighbor, I will not remain where I am. So what does it mean? What does it mean? Because I see I have only 50 minutes. What does it mean? I take, your, I take my time, eh? Okay, I'll take you as I'll, I'll give you mine. <laughs> Believe his prophets so you shall prosper. Number one, it means to give equal energy for your belief in God as well as your belief in his prophets. Believe in his prophets so you shall prosper is to give equal energy for your belief in God as well as for your belief in the prophets. Give equal energy Believing in God and believing in his prophets. So believing in God is important. As I have said earlier. Also, believing in the anointed man, the prophet that God has sent to you, is equally important. No one has successfully received from God without believing in the prophet he has sent to them. No one has successfully received from God without believing in the prophet that God has sent to them. The whole world could not be saved without believing in Jesus. If you don't, why are we in church today? Why are we born again? Because we believe in Jesus, right? And who had sent Jesus? God the Father had sent Jesus, right? And Jesus came in form of a prophet, a man, a prophet, right? So if they never believed Jesus, they would not have received from the Father. That's what the Bible says. I came to my own, and my own received me not. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Because you have to put equal energy in believing in God and believing in the prophet that God sends your way. So the whole world today is saved, or rather will be saved, if they believe in Jesus. And Jesus came in form 
of a prophet. So you have to put equal energy in believing in the prophets and believing in God. In the same manner, at one point Israel was crying and saying, Lord, we are in slavery, we are in bondage. And they were crying and saying, Lord, send us help from this bondage and this slavery. Allow us to be free people because the taskmasters are putting so much pressure on us and so much work on us. And they cried out to the Lord. And the Bible says, and the Lord heard from heaven. Then instead of God coming down from heaven, the Bible records that God went to a desert and sought for a man called Moses. He appeared to Moses in form of a burning bush. And he told Moses, Moses, I want to send you to Egypt to go and rescue my children. For, to, for all honesty, see, if God wanted, he would have come down by himself. Isn't he the creator of everything? Isn't he not the one who created Egypt? Is he not the one who created those Israelites? He actually, he didn't, he, even, he, didn't, he, he didn't have to come down. What he would have done, not even sending angels. He would not even have had to send angels. He would just have said, I change Egypt to Israel. Yeah, he has that power. He can say, I change this nation to this particular nation. Be free. Just that. His word created everything. The Bible says, for what we see was from the unseen. So he, he spoke and things came to be. But he chose to use a man called Moses. So if the children of Israel did not receive Moses as a prophet of God, they would have remained in bondage. Because what they didn't realize is their answer to their prayer was coming in form of a man. Look, I have come to realize that most of the time when I pray, the answers to my prayer come in form of a man. I have never, I've never met God. I've never seen him. I will not tell you how he looks. I hope one day I've been praying and asking them, the Lord, please appear to me in my room. At least once. I want to have the... I was with Jesus. Don't look at me like that. I was with Jesus last night. I wish that happened to me. I've been praying. And I hope he answers my prayer. Even if he doesn't answer, I'm okay. But I'm praying. Please answer. I want, I want you to appear to me. So I have been praying and seeing answers to my prayer on other areas. But I've never met God. And I've seen anytime I pray, the answer comes to me in form of a man. But now the hardest thing is, when the answer comes in form of a man, you might easily miss. Because what you are praying for is not what comes. It's like a young girl who is believing God for a husband. You are praying, you are saying, Lord, I don't want to be led by my flesh and my feelings. Please direct me to the man. And then a short guy like me shows up. And what you wanted was biceps and beards. Tall, dark, and handsome. You wanted a baritone voice. Hello, baby. <laughs> you start telling God, God, you did not understand what, what I was saying. I was saying I want a husband, but not this one. No, Lord, I want someone who can carry me to bed. I want someone who can say, baby, I love you. Now you get Amkamba, who speaks in soprano. Hello, baby. <laughs> I love you. You said, God, 
But didn't you understand what I was saying? And then that still small voice tells you that's your package. Accept it. You see, it's hard. You have to walk, you have to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit to see the answers to your prayer. To see the answers to your prayer. So you have to put equal energy in believing in God and also in believing in his prophets. Because God will answer you through a man, through a prophet. God answered the children of Israel by sending Moses. Again, when the, Israel, the children of Israel were under attack from the Midianites, God raised a man called Gideon to deliver them. Angel Gideon, I want you to create an army or raise an army of 318 people. For crying out loud, who goes to war with such a small army? I'm so sure the children of Israel had questions. Have you read the Bible and questioned yourself? Have you read? Me, I've read and questioned and said, hey, surely, <laughs> surely. Like, really? They had those questions. But their answer had to lie with them believing that this man is the answer to our prayer. So if they do not believe in the man, it will be very hard for the answer that God had for them to come to them. It would have been very hard. Because God was using an answer. And you can see throughout the scriptures, it's a pattern that when, even when the whole world was crying, Lord, we need you to show us mercy. God sent a son in the name of Jesus. He sent a human being. So if they never believed Jesus, they never accepted him. They would not have received the answer of God. The Bible says, as many as believed him, to them he gave power to be called the sons of God. As many as believed him. As many as received him. So ladies and gentlemen, give equal energy to God or rather to believing in God and believing in his prophets. Number two. Oh, you don't like my preaching? I can stop at that. You're hungry? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Number two. Believe his prophets so you shall prosper. Is to receive the man who is a prophet. Is to receive a man who is a prophet. Like believing in his prophets so you prosper. Is basically to receive the man who comes in the name of a prophet. Or who is a prophet. So receiving a man of God is as important as believing him. Receiving a man of God is as important as receiving him. Receiving a man of God is as important as believing him. Because without receiving the person, you cannot really say that you believe his words. Okay, let me bring it home. Ladies, ladies, when you don't like a man, do you give them attention? When they come and try to say, you know, I like you, nini nini, I like your vibe, do you even pay attention? What do you do? You say, talk to my, talk to my hands. But if you like the guy, the door is already open. 
So his words mean something to you. Right? In the same manner, that's what I'm talking about. If God sends you a prophet and you don't receive the prophet, it will be very hard to believe him. It will be very hard to believe him. Because you'll be wondering, where I've seen you. Do you know one of the hardest things for a human being, and it was even hard in the days of Jesus, is to believe that Jesus was a prophet. Do you know Jesus was just as ordinary as you and me? If Jesus walked down the earth today, you would still, you and I, probably would still deny him. We'd still say, this is not Jesus. Because for crying out loud, Jesus was a carpenter. He used to make coffins and beds. That's the work of a carpenter, making coffins and beds. That's what he used to do, perhaps. He used to make desks. He used to make tables and chairs and lockers. That's what his work. He was so ordinary. Then after a few years, he comes and says, I'm the son of the living God. You are like, yo, Wolan, Wolan. Pulo, 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 pulo. You're coming in too fast. Say, what? You're coming in too fast, man. No, 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 no. It would be very hard to believe him. Right? Because you've seen him so ordinary. In the same way, a prophet that God sends to you is so ordinary. He's just like you. He has two eyes like you. One mouth like you. One nose like you. Sometimes shorter than you. Or sometimes taller than you. He is so ordinary. He goes to the toilet like you do. Ah, or you don't visit the toilet. The same man God calls does the same things like you. The Bible says, and Elijah was a man of like passions. But he prayed that there should be no rain for three and a half years and there was no rain. So even though Elijah was a man of like passion, to have like passion means to have the same passions like you and I. So Elijah had passions like you do. Do you have passions? One of the passions of a young man is sexual desires. The fires in us. The fires in us. The desires in us. This side is quiet. This is where This is where the holy ones are. Wow. We greet you in the name of the Lord. Pray for us, pray for us, pray for us. As we have passions in us, we have issues in us. We are believing Jesus to help us. We are believing Jesus. It's not easy for us. You, you've already made it. Let's clap for them. Wow. But as for us, as for you and I, we know we have passions in us. Why do you think I'm married? Why do you think I have a ring? Because I couldn't contain the fire. So I decided instead of sinning, let me localize my fires. <laughs> you know one thing about fire? Let me teach you something. Shh. One thing about fire. Fire in the right place will warm you. Wait. Fire in the wrong place will burn you. Fire. Fire in a fireplace is for warming the house. But go take the same fire and take it to your bedroom. It will burn down the house. In the same manner, the fires you have are not sinful. In fact, it is God who created those fires. But those fires should have a fireplace. So when you take those fires to the fireplace, they warm you up. When you take those fires to the wrong bed, 
down. They burn you down. So what you need to do is take the fires to the right place. The fire is not evil by itself. But the place the fire is placed or where the fire is lit dictates if the fire will burn you or warm you. So ask your neighbor, what do you want? To burn down or to be warm? So for me, I chose the fire should warm me at the fireplace. <laughs> so that is to tell you, that is to tell you, I'm just like you. I have nothing super, so something, I have nothing extraordinary. I'm not extraordinary in any way. I'm just like you. I have the same passions like you do. I am a young man, just like you are a young man. Some of you are older than me. So we have all, every, I'm in Africa just like you in Africa. I am in Kenya, in the Jubilee government, just like you another Jubilee. <laughs> We've suffered together for the last 10 years. We have subjected under the same climate and same circumstances. But the difference is, one, the Lord has anointed them with the Holy Spirit and sent them as a prophet. And the other, the Lord has not done that. So your ability to receive the prophet dictates your perception of them and your reception of them. If we saw Jesus as ordinary, we would not have believed him. We would not have received him. Because we would have said Jesus is like every other person. But what made you receive Jesus? is because your perception of him was not like he's just an ordinary guy. He's someone who is the Lord of my life. So as I said earlier, the Bible says, as many as received him, to them he gave them the power to be called the sons of God. So who, how you receive the prophet is very important. How you receive him. Because that will dictate if you will start flowing with him or not. Or not. And take note, I'm not saying you believe the prophet at the expense of God. Now if you do that, you'll become a cult. That's how cults start. You start exalting yourself above the word of God. The, the security is believe in God and believe in the prophets. Believe in God and believe in his prophets. That's the security. Otherwise, you will start becoming cultic. You start calling yourself Jehovah Wanyoni. You understand. You understand. So believe in the Lord and believe in his prophets. That means receive the prophets as a prophet. See him as a prophet. Talk to him as a prophet. I remember one time a certain guy, they were walking and passed by a prophet in the corridors. That's an, you know, I told you a prophet can be so ordinary. So he looked at the guy, just passing by, and he told the guy, uh, please, have your eyes checked. Eh? Just like I'm talking. Have your eyes checked. But the guy did not have a problem with his eyes. So he was wondering, why should I have my eyes checked? And as far as I'm concerned, I am quite okay. And quite fine. So he didn't have the eyes checked. So fast forward. One year later, he developed an eye problem. And the eye problem degenerated to a point that as we speak, he's blind. 
So when the prophet was speaking to him a year earlier, he was speaking so casually, but he was speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But he was not quick to discern that that man has spoken under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You know when people speak, they can speak under the inspiration of Satan, and they can also speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And that is, that is made clear in the book of Matthew, Luke, and uh, John. Jesus is talking to Peter. And he's asking the disciples, who do people say I am? Do, I, do people say I'm Elijah? He says, some, some disciples say, some say you are Elijah. Some say you are I don't know who. Some say you are I don't know who. Then Peter, who was just among his disciples, says that you are the son of the living God. And Jesus says, what? Did you just know that? Jesus tells him, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. That has been revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. That is Peter. A few sentences later, a few minutes later, Jesus is walking to, he's, he's about to go to the cross. And they are walking with Peter. And he's explaining to them how he has to die, and he has to die on the cross. Then Peter looks at him. Same Peter. And he says, far be it from you that you should die by the cross. Then the Bible records that Jesus looks at him and says, Get thee behind me, Satan. So same person at one point spoke under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and another time spoke under the inspiration of Satan. So it's up to you to pick because you have the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit is resident in you. You have to discern and know when somebody is speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But how will you do that if you don't receive the person as a prophet? You don't consider him as a prophet. boys. Come to Manje. You understand? Your reception of the prophet dictates what you receive from the prophet. Number three. Number three. I'm almost done. There are only four points. You love number five. Okay, we'll get to number five. Number three. Believe his prophets so you shall prosper. Is to move away from trying to understand the prophets. It means to move away from trying to understand the prophets. Is to move away from trying to understand the prophets. Nita bibu wakaribu prophets so you shall prosper 
is to move away from trying to understand the prophets. You see, believing things is different from understanding things. Believing things is different from understanding things. Believing in the gifts and the anointing is more important than understanding it. Because you cannot wait until when you understand how a car is made before you start driving one. I drive a car, but I can tell you the truth. I don't, I don't understand how it works. I've never even given myself to understand it. But I believe if I get into my car and spark the engine, the thing will start moving. I don't understand how a phone works, but I use one. There are a lot of things we don't understand how they work, but we use them. Because some things are best to believe than to understand. I have never understood where heaven is or how heaven is made up of streets of gold. But I believe in heaven there are streets of gold. So believing in the prophets is to move away from trying to understand the man. Okay, let me ask you a question. If dust comes to your eye, what happens to your eye? You get irritation, right? You start itching. Now, at one point, Jesus was healing a blind person using spat from his mouth and sand. Like, like he did that. And then, and he took, he took the, the mixture and put it in the eye of the man. And instead of the eyes irritating them, uh, instead of the eyes being irritative of the sun that has come into contact with the eye, the man began to see. The man began to see. So how can you explain that? Logically speaking, how can you explain that? Is it not mysterious? It was not surgery. He didn't do surgery. Another time, Jesus is called that his friend is dead. Then he says, fine. And he stays for four days without going to visit his friend Lazarus. Then after four days, he shows up. Then his, his, the sister of, the, of his friend says, bro, the guy died four days ago. Jesus show, says, show me where he is. he is lying. And he goes. And the Bible records that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. You know, to raise a fleshly dead person is not as hard as raising somebody who has died four days. Because what happens to your body, immediately you die. After 72 hours, is Dr. Timothy here? Oh, Dr. Araucho. After 72 hours, the body begins to release acids and fluids. What are those fluids called? The process is called lividity. And those fluids, they destroy the organs. So those acids, as he's explaining, are supposed to consume everything else in the body. 
to break it down so that you become decomposed. That happens after 72 hours. 72 hours is how many days? So by the time Jesus is coming, the organs of this guy have started to rot. Then Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. How long did it take for the body to start degenerating? It took three days. But at the mention of the word, Lazarus, come forth. All the organs that were dead, all the organs that were decomposed or had started decomposing, come back to life. The heart starts beating. The nose starts breathing. The lungs start receiving air. And the man comes forth. How can you, how can you explain that? How can you explain that? Another guy is a general. He's called Naaman. He has leprosy. He goes to a prophet called Elijah. You see, if you're a general, you're somebody respected. You're foster. You're fosters. You're respected by society and respected by the government. Then you go to this prophet who is like he does not regard you. He tells you, oh, you are sick. Says, oh, leprosy. Says, oh, okay, you... I'm going to send you to the best hospital in Kenya. Does he do that? He tells him, go to the dirtiest river. At that point, it's River Jordan. It's like you being told, go and bathe. You, you see how dignified you are. How important you feel. I tell you, go bathe at River Nairobi. And you know how dirty it is. Go bathe there. Will you do it? You'll start reasoning. Start saying, do you realize I have wounds? Because to be leprous means you have those wounds, right? Do you realize that I have wounds? So you telling me to bathe in dirty water is actually saying, go and add more bacteria, fungi, viruses to the wounds. So will it aggravate the situation or what will it do to the situation? You'll worsen it, right? But imagine because of him believing and not trying to understand. In fact, at first he tried to understand. He couldn't. He said, no, how can I do that? Does this man know who I am? Then the Bible records that one of his maid servants told him, if the prophet told you to do something that is prestigious and expensive, will you not do it? He said, yes, I'll do it. He said, now, if you can do something prestigious and expensive, why can't you do the list of the things? Just bathing. Just bathing. Simple instruction is bathe seven times. Seven times. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, we do not have done it. How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? What is harder in wash and be clean? <laughs> and the Bible records that because of that statement, it brought sense to him. And he went and dipped himself seven times. And the Bible records, instead of him getting worse and getting sick, he got healed. How can you explain that? That bathing in dirty water can heal leprosy. How can you explain that? My son was born with brain damage. Part of his brain had died during birth because of prolonged labor. And we didn't know about it. So he couldn't move. He 
couldn't do anything. He was like this. So we went to a doctor, and the doctors could not find the problem. So we were sent to a specialist, a neurologist. And uh, he's a neurologist, and uh, what is that thing, uh, other thing? He's in charge of uh, the brain guy, is called what? The nerves. Nerves is the neurologist, right? And the brain. What is the name of the guy who does brain? He's the same. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. He's the same person. Oh, yeah, he's the same person, sorry. So the, he, we were sent to a neurologist he, he, to look at his brain. So when we went to him, he told us that the brain is dead. And you know, once the brain dies, there's nothing much you can do. And the upper part of the brain was the one that was dead. And that part is the one that involves movement, limp hands. So he could, do, he, could, he could do everything else minus move. So when he told us that, he, he said, as a doctor, there's nothing much you can do. There's no surgery that can change this. Because the brain, you see, one of the things about the brain cells, once they die at a certain rate, they don't regenerate. That's why you can watch a bangi. So, he told us that you can't, we can't do much. So when, we, when, when, when they told us that, I was so discouraged. I was wondering, now, will I raise a cripple? Anyway, I said, if this is what the fate that has been decided of me, as the scriptures say about Job, he said, shall we only accept what is good and not bad from the Lord? So I said, I've been accepting good things from you, God. If you've decided even good, bad things should come to me, I'll still accept them. So I was at peace. So one time I was here in the morning praying. Here. There was no one in church. I was just alone. I was so stressed. So I came with those documents and placed them here. Those, those city scans, documents, all of them, I placed them. Then I began to walk here to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what will happen to this boy? He's my firstborn. What will happen to him? Just pacing here. Then the Holy Spirit told me, go and give him Holy Communion. Holy Communion. Holy Communion is juice and bread. It's biscuit and juice. Holy Communion can actually be anything. It can even be food. So just, you just need to say, this is now the body and this is the blood. So I take him. I give him. I tell, I tell the mother from today, give him Communion. So being a human being, I expect to see change immediately. <laughs> I expect to see change immediately. Because I'm a man. I see, ah, nothing is working. I ask my wife, have you seen anything? <laughs> have you seen anything different? He says, no, the boy is like that. So I said, continue. So we continued giving, we continued giving the communion and reading scriptures. Just read the scripture, pray, give communion. Read the scripture, pray, give communion. Nothing else. Because now the doctors say there's nothing they can do. Eh? I'm trying to show you how you, some things you do. You don't understand, but you just believe. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So after a few months or weeks, after, after five months of giving the communion to the child, we go back to the same doctor who had said, there's nothing we can do. So he says, ah, it's like the brain started growing again. He says, he says, what have you been doing to the child? Because I did not want to introduce my faith to him. Because he might not be a Christian. 
I said nothing. Because he might not be a Christian and I didn't want to offend him. I said nothing. But in my heart, we just looked at, we just looked at each other, me and my wife and my mother. We said, Jesus has just come through for us. From being told nothing can be done to giving twists and biscuits and the brain that was dead comes back to life and now the guy can move. He can do everything that a child can do. Look, you leave my son here. Come after three hours, you'll still be here. Now you can't even leave anything. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. You find him on uh, TV. I'm uh, extension. He wants to eat the power. From being told nothing can be done. From being told nothing can be done. To just believing. Let me believe the voice of the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, learn to believe the voice of the Holy Spirit. When he tells you jump, don't say, why should I jump? Just ask, how high? Believe that voice, that still small voice. I remember I was listening to another testimony from one of us. She was walking on one of these roads. As she was walking, she had a voice tell her, jump. So instead of reasoning, she jumped. Like on the side. When she jumped, a car, where she was standing, a car came by and hit the guy who was right in front. And her, she was saved. So when she told me that, she was telling me, Pastor, I have seen that when you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, he saves you from so many things. I said, that's the point. Stop trying to understand how does he speak and believe that he speaks to you. So stop trying to understand the prophet and believe him. Believe. When he says, hey, believe that. Don't start reasoning. As long as he has not told you to drink human blood. <laughs> he has not told you anything that is not in the Bible. As long as everything he tells you can be justified by scripture, believe it. Believe it. Because if you wait to understand, you will miss your moment. The children of Israel waited to understand Jesus. By the time they knew it, they had missed them. Believe fast and understand as you keep going. Now I understand that by that, by me giving my child communion, God could heal. Now when, I, when the Holy Spirit did that to me, I came and taught the church. Do you remember when I was teaching about the communion? Because I had seen it work for me. So I said I'll also try it on the church. And this boy is he. He had fourth degree cancer. Fourth degree cancer. Uh, what is his name? Nisi. He took the communion, just as I had said. After a few months, went back to hospital. He was declared cancer-free. From fourth-degree cancer to being declared cancer-free. I did not lay hands on him. I did not speak in tongues. He just believed that the communion, as the scriptures say, you know the Bible says that the communion, some of, some of the people ate and they, were, they became what? They died like they slept. So if you can eat communion and you die like it kills you, then I believe you can eat communion and it gives you life. Because it can take life, it can give life. And because the blood, the blood carries life, the Bible says the, the life of the world is in the blood. Life is in the blood. So the blood of Jesus carries life. 
You don't need to understand how the blood of Jesus carries life. You have just to believe that the blood of Jesus carries life. That's all you need. That's all you need. Believe. Believe. Strengthen your beliefs. Your beliefs will be tested. People will come and test your belief. But you have to strengthen your beliefs. Know what you believe. The Bible says, For I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have believed. Know whom you've believed. Even in the, in the face of danger, know whom you've believed. Know him and stand by him. One time I'm walking. I've told you this story before. On, I was still single. I was 17 years. So I'm walking to go to church in the morning. I used to go, I used to like praying in the morning in church. Then when I leave the gate, I hear a voice telling me. On your way, you will be ambushed by that. So the voice doesn't say that. It says, and an angel of the Lord encampeth around all them that fear him. It's a scripture in Psalms. So he says, an angel of the Lord encamps around them that fear him. So I take note of that scripture. Because that's not my normal language. Look, I don't, I, I see scriptures. So when scriptures come to me, I just know that's the Holy Spirit. I know that script, that is just the Holy Spirit. Because it's an unusual way. Or you guys just sit down and start reasoning. As my scripture. Wow. For me, the story is I'm, I'm a human being. So I'll think about everything else. But minor scripture. So when the Holy Spirit said that, I, I took note of that. I said, I, that cannot be a human voice. That must be the Holy Spirit. So I start listening to I start paying attention. So I walk. So as I walk, I go further. I go like one kilometer walking. Because I used to walk like 15 kilometers to church. So I walk one kilometer away. Then the same voice that spoke to me at the gate when I was leaving now speaks to me again and it says, when they come, smite them with blindness. That's another scripture in 2 Kings or 1 Kings. It says, smite them with blindness. It was Elisha who was smiting the enemies with blindness. Then I asked myself, smite who? Me, smite people with blindness. I can't do it. So I doubt and I continue walking. I walk for like two kilometers. And then I'm on this depression, almost finishing it at the top so that I, I continue. Then the same voice that spoke to me speaks to me the third time. He says, now that you are afraid to, he says what I'm saying, now that you are afraid to smite them with blindness, he gives me another option. He says, and for this reason, the Son of God was made manifest that you may destroy all the works of the enemy. So that one I believe. That one I say I can do. Because that one is just to shout. So I, I walk. I walk like 500 meters. Then guess what? Like six men armed with AK-47. I think they had, they had come from, ro from robbery or something. They just show up from nowhere. And I'm a small boy, 17 years. I just have like a backpack with nothing. The phone I have is Nokia. You know those Nokias that are 310? Those Mulikamuizi kind of phones. The blue one. Not, not that 310. The blue Nokia. You remember that Nokia? So that's the only phone I have. So I walk. When I see them, I shout from the, from the top of my lungs. For this reason, because I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm telling you, I'm scared. I feel like they will kill me. Because maybe they think I have known them. You know when, when thugs, when you know them, they have to kill you. Because you're the one who's going to tell the police who they are. So in my mind, I know. These ones think I have known them. And I don't know them. I'm, never, I'm so terrified to even identify. This is, this is Otieno. The terror I have does not allow me. 
So the best I do is I shout. That scripture is in 1 John. So I shout, for this reason, the Son of God was made manifest that he may destroy all the works of the enemy. So when I shout out, the guys have surrounded me. They tell me, sit down. So I sit. So while I'm going down is when I'm shouting. So as I shout, confusion comes to them. They start fighting each other. They start saying, Like, where are we stopping this child? This is a young boy. Why are we stopping him? Me, I'm there scared. I'm wondering, Sasa, if they start fighting each other, they will say, now, let's kill him. So in my mind, everything, everything wrong is going through my mind. Then all of a sudden, out of the confusion, they say, young man, because by that time, they had taken everything. They had gone into my bag, taken You know how dogs operate, yeah? So they had taken everything. Then one of them says, return to him everything and let him walk. So they say, young man, walk. So as I'm walking away, I decide, let me look back. When I look back, I, that's the first time I have had an encounter with an angel. I see an angel standing exactly where I was. Holding a flaming sword. That's where I was. The first time in my life. He stands there with a sword. So, do you think I, because I've seen the angel, I'll slow down? Do you think I'll slow down? <laughs> I ran straight to church. I go tell my pastor what happened. My pastor couldn't believe it. So I was saying all that to tell you, learn to believe fast before you understand. Believe the things of God more than you try to understand them. Believe in the prophets more than you try to understand. Number four, as I finish, I'm late. I only have seven minutes. Uh, number four, believe his prophets so you shall prosper is to obey the prophets. Is to obey the prophets. Believing in the anointed is shown by the obedience to the anointed. Believing in the anointed is shown by your obedience to the anointed. It is the obedience that draws more of the gift of the Holy Spirit or it is the obedience that draws more of the gift from the anointed person. When you don't obey the anointed, it means you don't believe in his anointing. When you obey someone, you make a connection with the person. And the person is drawn towards you. So the anointed and his anointing are drawn towards people who obey his words. Your disconnection from the anointed is because of your disobedience to his words and prophecies. The more you obey someone, the more you demonstrate your belief for the person. The more you believe and the more you obey, the more you love the person. So basically, obedience is a sign of love. You only obey the people you love. That's why, you don't, that's why strangers can stop you on the road and you don't stop. But your boyfriend can stop you and you stop because you obey people you love. Look at the teachers in school that you didn't like. In high school, were you obedient to them? Well, you're not obedient to them. You're wondering what's your problem. You can go rot. <laughs> but the teachers you loved, you always wanted to obey them. That's the same thing. Learn to obey. Because obedience is a sign of love. So Jesus clearly promised that he would manifest himself 
towards those who obey him. John 14 verse 21 to 25. I finish by saying obedience is a sign of your love. And that obedience provokes the anointing. There will be no manifestation towards those who don't obey. When you obey, manifestations of the Holy Spirit are seen in your life. The Bible says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father who sent me. Verse 25. These things have spoken to you while being present with you. So he said, if you love me, you will keep my word. Obedience is a sign of love. When wives obey their husbands, it's because they love their husbands. When they don't love their husbands, they are in disobedience. Because they'll be wondering, why should I do that? You say, bring me water. The wife says, don't you have hands? Babe, please, can I get chapati? They ask, Kunaongo menunua. <laughs> eh? so you, you can go and cook. And while at it, make me a cup of tea. Are you, one day, one day, a certain husband was asking the wife to make her coffee. So the husband, the wife, Asked the husband, please, do you have hands? The husband said, yes. These are here, my hands. He told him, please, do like this. Everybody do like this. The wife asked, are those hands or breasts? What a wife. So the wife told the husband, please, go make coffee for yourself because you have hands. And while I teach, make me some coffee as well. So the husband went and made coffee and came with a co. You get it? If you don't get it, you understand? So obedience is a sign of love. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for the opportunity you've given us to hear from you, to hear your word. I pray that this word will be a seed that has been sown in the hearts of your children. I pray that, Lord, they will understand the importance of honoring the anointed and believing in these words. Thank you, Lord, because the Bible says, Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. And believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. I pray, Lord, that this shall be the story of all of us here. We will be obedient and we shall do that which you've said. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.